holy deep, holy deep, you guys, you're going to be incredibly blessed by Carla Arges today. She blew my mind in the eloquence of how she tied in her tribulations, her tests, how she put them together for truth, ultimate affirming truth. It's how she stands in her identity. It's how she stands confidently. It's why and how she trains others to stand not in just secular worldly confidence, but in Godfidence, learning how to walk boldly in your purpose and being the true, full, whole, genuine, vulnerable, also gracefully broken, imperfect, beautiful, called human that you are. I was incredibly blessed by this time, and I know you will be too. And if you are looking for confidence, she has so many incredible resources. I encourage you to get connected with her, and I hope that you see me sooner than later in a conference or a retreat or a coaching experience or just send me a DM, right? Just get in connection, get in community with other people so you can borrow their belief system. You can borrow our confidence. Carla and I are willing to share that, but you have to act. There has to be a connection point. There has to be a, I'm not just going to listen. I'm going to respond. And so I hope that this motivates you into response of your identity and truly say yes, right? Say yes to the call of your life. We love you. We're excited for you. Say yes confidently. You've got this. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast. Though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist, this isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. 
Live and in action, Carla, we're so excited to have you. This is going to be such an awesome time, you guys. If you have yet to meet Carla, she is living her life on purpose. And I know you desire the same thing, which is why you show up to the Fit and Faith podcast every single week, week by week for the last three years. It's been such an amazing journey. And today, unlike um, any other, we are going to be leaning into a new conversation. And I say this with expectancy because I don't know what that conversation is going to be. <laughs> and I love it so much. Carla was, was an overweight, overwhelmed mom, wife, and Christian, but she was battling a mood disorder and a painful past. And I know for me purposely, um, I've been in a place similar to many of those. So I'm excited to just kind of unpack the similarities in our stories, the differences in our stories, and how we can uniquely serve the listeners today. Carla, we are so grateful to have you. Thanks for being here. So happy to be here. It's going to be a good one. So I always love to like see where people jump in when I say, let's introduce yourself. <laughs> like you go to the storyline that just speaking to you right now, maybe something recent, maybe something that um, happened in childhood. Um, but really, my intent here is for us to just be open books for people to learn how to live their best life um, with God as the forefront. I love that. So I'll just jump right in. I'm Carla. Um, and, you know, I am the living, breathing example of how God can redeem our past for his glory and use them to create beautiful purpose. So I did grow up in a Christian home. Um, but things got dark because, as we know, Christian homes aren't necessarily perfect homes. And there was childhood trauma. There was a lot of messiness. And I ended up being out on my own and homeless by the time I was 13. Um, tried to take my own life, battled through addiction, battled through multiple relationships, felt so abandoned by God that I looked to fill that void in all the wrong places, you know, sex, drug, rock and roll. And, you know, nothing fills the God-shaped hole in our heart. Um, but God is so good. He knew what my story was going to be before I knew it. And I remember as a little child, one of the things I loved most was hearing the story of the prodigal son. And that's not your typical childhood story, right? Like, and right out of the King James version, like that was not the typical story, but God was so good planting the story in me, knowing the path that I would take, that I would be this prodigal daughter and that I would one day need and want to go home, but have the shame of my past be a barrier. And yet here is this story that he is waiting for me, arms wide open and wants me back and loves me so much. Um, and I was reunited with the Lord and that's not where the struggles ended. Um, I have bipolar and borderline personality disorder and it's been a journey in, in walking through that with faith. Um, a journey in being hurt by the church in dealing with mental illness. Um, 
a journey in trying to show up to be the mother he's created me to be and a journey in not allowing the devil to use my past and my present circumstance as evidence that I'm disqualified to live for God as evidence that I'm disqualified to be used for, by God. Wow. God qualifies me. Mm-hmm. It's not my past. It's not my mental illness. It is who he is and who he's created me to be. And I would say definitely since COVID, I've been on this mission to really help women affirm their identity in Christ. Culture wants to shape our identity. Our past wants to shape our identity. The enemy wants to speak into our lives that it takes intentionality to rewrite that script. And it's an everyday, everyday intentional battle that I am not going to listen to the slide. I'm going to rewrite the story. And the author of that story is going to be Christ and his word and what he says about me. Wow. 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 Okay. We're done. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Hope you got a lot out of it. That's all we need, right? Like that's incredible. And I love how succinctly you were able to tell your story. Of course, as you're sharing every single piece, I am super curious. I want to ask a thousand questions and we're having a podcast. That's exactly what I get to do. So um, I am amazed first off and foremost, and knowing that he is the author and finisher of our stories is, is just so rejuvenating. Um, it's reviving. And as you said, it allows us to show up intentionally every single day in the faith and trust that it's already been written. And I know from so many angles, whether it's from that motherhood journey, whether it's from being a wife, whether it's just literally showing up for ourselves and looking in the mirror, um, there's always something that's combating the truth of the fact that we are not in control, right? Like we are trying so desperately to be the best mom, the best wife, the best woman, the best child of God. But guess what? Our best desires, our best foot forward is is not what he's looking for. It's not by our works that we are loved. It's not by any of those things that we are qualified or labeled a child of God. Yeah, gifted us that from the beginning of foundation. So it's just amazing to see your passion in that and how it's been cultivated day by day by day and everything that you've been going through. And Um, I would have a challenge to say, and whose definition of best? Who's yes. definition of best? Because so that's good. sometimes where we trip up too, right? That's so true. Yeah, I, I think that's a huge comparison trap. The enemy's lies, right? Like we're who are we paralleling our lives to? Only him, right? Like the, everything is through him. And then even in that, we feel like we've fallen short of the glory of God, but then there is grace yeah. and there is mercy. And I feel like having the word, having the biblical reference and the living word to be able to go to on the days that I feel the most down in any of those regards, whether it is through comparison, because I don't know about you, but there's still like the trap, right? There's still all of the circling limiting beliefs, the unworthiness, the incapability, the imposter syndrome, right? Even as you're standing up to start speaking and sharing about this in a bigger way, tell us how you've been like combating the enemy in the process. Well, I have post-it notes on my fridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's one of the things. Um, but it is learning how to speak back. Like, And one of the things that I did at the start of the pandemic is I'm like, I've got to get control over my thoughts. 
I've got to get control over how I'm thinking. I've got to get control over this script. Um, and I started to dig deep into the Bible about what does he say about me? Um, and I ended up actually creating a whole deck of cards about them. And I use these all the time as my mantras. What does he say about me? He says I'm planned with purpose. He says I'm redeemed. He says I'm loved. I've come to accept the fact that I may not be able to stop the thought from entering my head. I think sometimes we feel defeated because the thought arises. I don't think that we can stop every thought that enters our head, but we can control how long it stays there. We can control the narrative it allows to spin. We can control what effect it's going to have on us. So I no longer beat myself up over having the thought. I'm just quick to say, nope, that's a lie. I see you, but you don't get any time in this headspace. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm mm. a daughter of the King. I am wonderfully made. An enemy, past, whatever, you don't get to tell me different. Because the only person that can define me is my creator. So unless you created me, you don't get a word in. And so I'm teaching myself. Yeah. And that's the thing of like having the post-it notes, having the Bible, having those scriptures, having those mantra cards right near you, because it says like, if we don't know what the word says, of course, those thoughts are going to be what controls us. But when you have that combat, that combative ability to say not today, to say, no, this is the lie. I think that's where a lot of us struggle is if you don't know the word, if you're not premised in that space on a consistent basis, it's out of sight, out of mind. Even though I believe like, just like that story of the prodigal son was planted into your spirit as it's not going to go away from you, no matter how long you've been, God chases us down, right? Recklessly. And that seed was there with intention so that you knew that there was this, this storyline that was going to come to play, even subconsciously, if you didn't realize it, your body knew eventually you'd be back in his Mm -hmm. arms. And I think it's just so critical for us to understand the how, like the actual tangible, how do I do that? One of the gals who's listening live was saying that she has such a hard time taking those thoughts captive, that it's a process, that it's every single day, the practice of, right? And I Um, love that you said that it is a practice. You don't just pick up a basketball and become LeBron James. You are daily out there training. You're training. We are training for this life in Christ training for this life it says to run your race we are we are athletes here athletes train we have to train our thoughts you're so right you guys this is so good (laughs) yes and then this is the thing though too is like if we're in this this forever process. And I say forever because eternity is, is the, is the goal, right? Is to know that we are in this process of practice every single day. And there's actually no destination of success. It, it one allows you to grow that endurance that we're intended to grow, but it also makes you realize that there isn't like this resting point. And I think a lot of times people have these visions or goals set out for them. And I'm thinking both from like a business practicality standpoint, but even like as a mother, right? I hear this all the time. Like I have, once they're out of the house, like we're just going to get them to 18. But how many moms do you know, my mom included, who have said it's actually harder when they get to that point? 
because one, now you're out of what you thought was control. They're out of that nest and they aren't listening to you at all. And you're like, no. And so the milestones that I think secular world and just um, society as a whole, whether Christian or not, set on us actually um, enable us to feel less than if we haven't met that standard. So you're 30 years old and not married and no kids. What's wrong with you? That's not how God sees you. You're 50 years old and, or let's say you're 70 years old and you're still working and you're not retired. What's wrong with you? Like there's, there's so many labels and that society puts on to us and you've experienced labels that, you know, I haven't yet to experience and, and maybe never will. And so I'm curious, how do you combat that piece of it? So like you said, it is a journey um, and it takes time. And a lot of the labels um, I honestly put on myself and I assume other people will label me that. I think oftentimes we are so afraid of people's judgments. We assume what they're going to think about us based on what we think about ourselves, based on our own insecurities. Um, And certainly with mental illness, there's stigma and libels in the general public around that. And it comes back to affirming truth in my life. Who gets to label me? Who gets to name me? And I've had to do a lot of healing. I'm in therapy. I love my therapist. She's wonderful. Um, I've had to do a lot of healing and I've had to um, extend a lot of grace and forgiveness to myself and to others. Um, And I think that there's growth in overcoming when you can overcome your own internal voice, when you can overcome your own negative thinking, then what other people say is never as bad as what we say to ourselves. We are the worst to ourselves. And as I get strong in certainty, as I root my identity in Christ, as I get sure that I know that I know that I know who I am, and even when I doubt it, it's still true because God doesn't lie and it's from his mouth that other people's words don't mean anything. They can't. And this is something that I'm trying to teach my son right now. He's becoming a teenager and he's in this very, very vulnerable spot. He has OCD himself. He has facial tics and he gets worried, you know, what are people going to think about me? And I say what's most important is what does God think about you? And second of all, what do you think about you? What do you think about you? You can't control. You can't control what other people are going to think. You can't control what other people do. You know, people pleasing is the most exhausting job out there. You're never going to please everyone. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And I think we have to get okay with that um, and get really comfortable being our authentic self. When we're not being authentic, how can we love and respect ourselves? When we're wearing all these different masks and we're contorting our personality to fit what we think is a certain group or to get certain accolades, how can we trust ourselves? How can we fall in love with who God created us to be? How can we allow the gifts and talents he's placed in us flourish when we're so busy trying to be everything to everyone else? So learning how to be your authentic self through a lot of healing. And again, it's, it is a 
affirming truth. It is rooting your identity in Christ. It, it has to start there. It has to start there, in my opinion. It has no, to I, I totally agree. I'm right there with you. And I think that was a definitely a massive part of my journey. And, and what you're talking about, mask and people pleasing and contorting yourself in order to um, have that, that socially accepted experience, right? Um, that was such a part of my journey. And it, it was exhausting. And mm-hmm. at some point in your life, and I think this happens to a lot of us, we, we get to be on this, this cycle. And we're ending up trying to break free of the cycle consistently. And so that race that we're having is really just a race against self. And there, we don't allow God to come and interrupt that cycle because I believe when he comes in and we get to that place of surrender, surrender, whether you think it or not, is a place of stop. Even if you're moving, even if life is still going, because it is, time is still ticking in what we understand time to be. But surrender is a place of, I can't anymore. And I won't anymore. And I need you. And so it's that knowing that in that change, it's a shift of of, um, authority and saying it's not about I, it's about the I am. Right. And that I am is him who is within me. And therefore I can endure. Therefore I can show up in that place and still be me. And the buzzword authenticity and vulnerability you know, it's, it's shared everywhere now. I think, yeah. I don't know if it was Brene Brown who who broke into the vulnerability space or not, but ultimately it's a Bible thing. And the yeah. Bible happened way before Brene Brown, love you girl, but it's the truth. And so knowing that our testimonies, the truth of our testimonies, and also our identity being rooted in Christ allows you to show up just as you are imperfectly so, but perfect in his eyes. And that's where the prodigal son finally came to the realization of, even though I'm sure on that walk back, he's like, what's going to happen? I'm sure he was thinking, what's going to happen to me? But I don't have another choice at this point. And then that's when we both experienced, I would love to hear this from you. What was that come to experience for you after having the Christian home growing up, the Christian church also hurting, right? How did you come back into this intimate experience rather than this corporate break that had occurred in your life? I love that. Um, He pursued me one-on-one. He didn't pursue me through a corporate church. He didn't pursue me um, through rules and restrictions. He didn't pursue me with formality. He just came after my broken heart. I had such a broken heart. I was so broken. And he came to bind up my wounds. And it was, I didn't grow up feeling safe. I didn't grow up feeling secure. And that moment when I surrendered, did that surrender, like, it's not working my way. Less of me, God, more of you. I need you to come and fix my life. I felt safe and secure for the first time in a long time. And it was just that embrace of a loving father. Now, it's a partnership, right? Like relationships are are two-way streets. I had to do the surrender and allow him to come in. And surrender is not a one-time activity. It is something we need to do daily, sometimes hourly, um, to lay down our plans for his will. You know, it's like thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done in my life. And knowing that his heart for us is such goodness, is such goodness that I don't have to doubt or fear. I used to doubt and fear a lot. Um, And I've just come to this place through daily surrender to know that God's got me. Now, I still, with bipolar and borderline personality, I still have fluctuations. I very much was in a dark place a week and a half ago. My husband had to sit with me. I still get into deep depressions. I still get into highs. There's something about that one that will never change. But even when I'm there, I have Jesus. Even when I'm there, I'm surrendering that moment to him. And I feel safe. Even in the midst of overwhelming despair, not because I don't have faith, but because of illness, I am still sure of God. And I'm still sure of his hope and his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, I cling to that verse so much. He has a hope and a plan and a future for me. And my mental illness can't take that away. The enemy can't take that away. My past can't take that away. My shame can't take that away because it's his. It's his. I have a massive heart, um, massive, um, I'll say call because it, it it's what wakes me um, beyond cultivating business, which I think a lot of people might think uh, she's a business coach. Um, it's It's more so about shame. And it's more so about obliterating shame because I don't feel like anyone can stand into their truest calling until that piece is removed. Mm -hmm. And shame looks so different for every single person. Uh, A lot of people will, will think that fear supersedes um, shame or vice versa. Um, I really believe that shame is the root. Fear is the response to the shame. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can get into those crevices Um, of people's humanity into the crevice of their soul, into their heart, um, and really, truly deposit. I'm like imagining this like syringe, right? Um, I'm anti-vaccine, by the way. I mean, I identify as vaccine. I'm sorry. Did I say that wrong? Um, I just am imagining this syringe going into people's just souls, their minds, everything. And in the love of Christ, infiltrating those places because ultimately that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for that true understanding of love, that true understanding of being seen and known and still loved. Right. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to like break free from what was a bondage, what was a shackling of um, so that we can just breathe. Like I remember being able to breathe. Yeah. And, and there is nothing better than just releasing that deep sigh because it sits inside. We, we, I think society often lives in this shallow breath, right? And, and there's a lot of like study scientifically to like the deep breathing experience. And if you've never studied Wim Hof, I would totally recommend him. He's incredible. Um, he can heal based on breath. And I believe that there is such a connection to God through our breath because that's how he breathed life into us to the beginning. But I just remember when I first breathed, And 
I'm wondering in that experience with you as you surrender into it daily and you breathe again, right? Because yeah. me too, like me too, in the expression of sensing shame coming in, sensing guilt come in, sensing the, the shackles of what tomorrow will hold out of fear. Fear and faith coexist, yeah. but I don't believe that shame exists when Jesus comes in the mist. Hey, that rhymed. That was good. Tell me, tell me your experience with shame. Tell me how have you overcome that? How do you combat it? Do you think that they can still exist in a component or do you think that's more just the enemy speaking? So I think shame can come from a lot of deep hurts. And I think that we can have faith and still be in the healing process. Um, So a big part of shame that I'm still working through because I still battle it is um, I had a couple of teenage pregnancies and in fear and desperation, I had abortions. And even when I say that, I feel the sting of shame and I feel the closing up of my chest and in my throat. And that's something that God, look at see, that's something God is still uh, working out in me. And I have to remind myself that when he went to the cross for my shame and my sin, that included it all. And I try to remind myself that if he's forgiven me and he is holy and he is righteous, then who am I not to accept that forgiveness? Who am I to hold myself to a higher standard than what God's holding me to? And I think for me, it's one of the big ways that the enemy uses to try to keep me from sharing my voice. It's one of the big ways he has kept me from female Christian relationships. I find those relationships very difficult. Um, And a lot of it is the fear that comes from the shame, like you talked about, shame, almost like this fear of being discovered. Um, I've been in circles of Christian women when the topic of abortion has come up, and I've heard the way they've talked about women who have had abortions, them not knowing that that is a part of my story. Um, It was really damaging to hear people that were supposed to, to love and to know that, well, if they knew that that was me, would they be sharing this table with me? Um, And so I think corporately we have a long way to go in, you know, the church is supposed to be the place for the broken, for the place where people need healing, a place where people go to be forgiven. Um, We have to make sure that we're not sitting in judgment and calling other people's sin bigger than our own. Right. But Um, I just have to constantly lay it down. Um, I have to constant, I am forgiven, but I have to learn to forgive myself. God has forgiven me. I have to do the work now to forgive myself. And that's one of the things that is I'm doing in therapy. Um, that's one of the reasons why it is so crucial for me to root my identity in Christ and not my past. Um, And it's one of the reasons why I can't stop proclaiming the goodness of God because he saw all that I was and he has welcomed me in and adopted me into his family. 
and there's so much hope and healing in that. Whew. I got emotional on so many levels there. And I think having experienced what they quote unquote calls church hurt myself, um, it makes you just have another level of empathy um, for, again, all humanity. It's not having more empathy for the Christian. It's not having more empathy for the Muslim who doesn't know about God. Like it's, it's not about that. It's yeah. just human, that heart to heart, that, that yeah. people are just so desperate. Um, so desiring that and I keep imagining because of that prodigal son experience or just, they want to be embraced. And yeah. you said like the words of like, I'm going to be fully known right? Like I'm going to be fully seen like the, it, the chest binds itself um, because we're about to be known. Mm-hmm. And yet God sees every single component of us every single day. And if we're not allowing ourselves to be that open shell for other people, how then could the girl who's sitting next to you, Carla, at that very same table who experienced the same trauma, the same experience, ever know that she too could speak out about it or that Mm -hmm. she too is not identified by that choice. Mm -hmm. She's identified by the making of who she is before Mm -hmm. she was in her mother's room and the choices that were already a part of the, the knowing of it in the plan of, of your prodigal daughter experience. He already knew all those things and he Mm -hmm. still brought you to life with such purpose. Yeah. And he care. chose me. Yes. After all of that, he chose me. Sometimes I think that when we think about God going to the cross, or Jesus going to the cross, we see it in, in, in a sense of somewhat detachment of a multitude. When he fully knew each and all of us before even the foundations of the earth, and he went individually for us. He went individually for me. He went individually for you. And it's really personal. It's not just this mass thing. It was a real personal thing for him because he took all our sins, past and future, on him. Um, And I'm just so thankful for that. Likewise. Quick commercial break. I know I hate these things too, but it's so critical that you grow your business for God's sake. And I mean that, pun intended, with all the love in my heart to get you from a place of ideation to activation. Stop dreaming, start doing, stand up, start saying yes to the call that God has on your life. We are going to be joining in Lexington, Kentucky with none other than the beautiful Rise and Grind community with Glenn Lundy, who will be co-hosting this incredible conference. This is the second annual, and he has taken me under his wing to be able to share this stage, to motivate and inspire and I cannot wait to see you there November 5th through the 7th if you want to come in for the VIP experience which who doesn't want to come along for VIP that's all access passes to the speakers and the artists and you'll be able to dine with us in the private rooms with your own special bathrooms so of course come one day two day three day passes available as well and we cannot wait as Glenn and I say to hug your neck see you there so you you kind of alluded to in this last year since the pandemic, yes. what was the shift like pre-pandemic or was it the pandemic? What like catapulted you into this this consistent like fervorous way of showing up to life? Well, I knew that I was stuck. 
And um, one of the things I started to do was a lot of personal development. And I got a lot of great stuff out of personal development, but there was something that was missing. A lot of personal development in what I was consuming put a lot of um, focus on you, you can do anything you put your mind to. You're, you're limitless. You have everything you need inside of you. You can do it all. And here I am, bipolar, borderline personality, blood disorder, trauma-laden. I can't do it all. I very much have limitations. And it was so discouraging, actually, in a way, because I would try to pump myself up and I would try to do it all. And um, for a little bit, I was in the MLM world. And there's a lot of brouhaha and a lot of personal development in it. And um, it just was missing the mark because it was missing Jesus. And I said, okay, I need this personal development to be total person. I need it to include my spirit and my soul. I need it to include my body. I need it to include my mind and my heart. This has to be a total. And so where am I going to start? I'm going to start in the word. I'm going to start with Jesus. And I realized that it is okay to admit our limitations. I think sometimes in, in, in even in entrepreneurial cir- circles I'm at in right now, it's very hard for people to come up and be like, yeah, I have limitations. No one, people think that that's a sign of weakness or you're in the wrong mindset. No, I'm very aware of my limitations, but where I am limited, God is limitless. Where I am weak, he is strong. And it has taken so much pressure off my ministry. It has taken so much pressure. The only thing he's calling me to do is obey. He isn't calling me to success, and that's a hard pill to swallow. The success is his to give or not give. He's calling me to obedience and recognizing I would rather put my faith and my hope in an all-powerful, unlimited unfallible God than to put it in myself who is limited and fallible. Um, And so that aha moment during this personal development, I got really like down on myself because I just wasn't able to measure up to what I was seeing in this MLM and personal development world. And I realized I'm using the wrong measuring stick. I'm not supposed to measure up to that. I'm supposed to measure up to who God's created me to me to be. I'm supposed to measure up to looking more like Jesus and being his hands and feet extended. And it just so happened that the pandemic came and I decided to move away from the MLM business. And my son was all of a sudden home. Um, I'm Canadian. I think our schools were locked down much longer than yours. You're in the States, right? Yes. Yes. I feel for you, girl. Much longer. We're still in a a phase of lockdown right now. And so I had to decide to refocus and to heal. And so I started on this incredible therapy journey and I started on this Bible study journey. And all of a sudden in the midst of the pandemic, I'm launching a business and a ministry that I never saw coming. And um, it's just, it's great to see 
God work. It's great to be working with women. Um, I just launched, I have enrollment open right now, a confidence course where it's actually not looking at the world view of confidence and teaching women how to grow in God confidence, how to re- practically renew your mind so that you could live more in joy, so that you can have boldness in walking in your purpose because you're not so stuck in your negative thought life. And uh, it's just been exciting to see. And I have no idea what God has in store, but I'm here for it. I'm here yes. for it. Yes, fully. And it's so incredible. And I think the the Godfidence piece, right? The, the God confidence is, is something we all need yeah. um, every single day. And, and because we are measuring, I love that you said that you're measuring by the wrong stick. Like we're all often because it's what's in front of our focus. That's where our focus will be. And that is where we are measuring less than. Yeah. I, I don't, I personally, even in the entrepreneurial realm, don't know one person that says, Oh, I'm at the top of the ladder. Like mm-hmm. I've made it. I, I literally have never met somebody who says that. And, and the people who are the most high achieving that you would perceive, definitely they're going to say that they're actually ones who, who think that they're the lowest, mm-hmm. but those are the people that are really, really attuned to their faith because yeah. they know that there is no Nobel Peace Prize that makes them win all, yeah. right? Or there is no New York Times bestseller that makes them achieve the most yeah. because every single day, guess what? They wake up, they breathe, they put their feet on the ground. Hopefully they go brush their teeth. They might have coffee. They do the exact same thing as you and I, and they still have to by means of their own will and really ultimately the confidence within them, whether they call it that or not, is what drives them into the next thing. The yeah. problem is, is often if the, if their Christianity is out of alignment with the wholeness of who they are, they, they're living that, that Sunday faith, yeah. right? They're just going to checking the box. They're living void and that cycle that we talked about, which ultimately is the rat wheel becomes just so routine that there's nobody there to jolt them. And so what I am so grateful to have witnessed in the last year is a jolting, uh, a jolting of, of not just the, the church, the box church, but the church, the human heart. Right. And that's what happened to you. I've, I've literally witnessed it on so many people and it's mesmerizing. And the reason it's mesmerizing is because it's God and you can't put a formulation to what you're doing. You can't make a blueprint out of it. Like there, there are sure tactics and there are sure reminders, but everybody's path to God's success, to Godfidence is totally different. It is. But, and here's the thing. Sometimes people think faith is easy. Faith is hard work. You have to choose every day. So I'm doing a workout program right now. If I only do that workout program once a week, am I going to see results? No. If I drink my water only one day a week, am I going to see results? Am I going to get physically fit? No. And so many of us discount that for a faith life. You have to discipline yourself. It's a discipline to get into the word every day. You have to discipline yourself to pray, not just when your car breaks down the side of the road, but in surrender and in offering up your day to God. We have to, you know, immerse ourselves in worship. You know, just like 
for me, we have to practice gratitude. That is not just a personal development thing. That's a Bible thing. It says, give thanks all at all times in all circumstances. Why? Because that's the will of God in our life. If we're practicing gratitude every day, we are aligning to God's will every day. And who knows that walking in God's will is where you want to be. Is where yeah. you want to be. Yeah. And I love that you said that the gratitude is not just a personal development thing. If you really look into personal development and, and what is being taught there, it's all biblically principled. Yeah. It, it literally, like, they think that they created something new. And there's this new aha. One of the guys I was just listening to out front, he was telling a story about his wife who practices grounding. And she puts her feet on the ground and she goes outside for 20 minutes and she feels more centered and all of these things. And instead of telling his children that they're grounded, when he says, hey, you're grounded, that means they literally have to go outside and put their feet on the ground. And I'm like, okay, first off, I love that because we practiced barefoot uh, barefoot parenting. It's an actual book. You can check it out. It's really amazing. Um, But it's this knowing that it has nothing to do with what people say that it has to do with. There is scientific backing because God wants us to be close to the earth, closer to him, out of alignment on cement, in plastic, in rubber, like around smog and all the things. I just went hiking this past weekend. I jumped into the ocean at the waterfall or the base of a glacier I felt so alive. Yes. Right? Like we got to get to the place where this personal development is not what the books say that it is. And it's what the word, the book, the one and only book. And God, the father calls us to understand it as, because then again, it's not a checkbox. It's not a, I did my gratitude practice. I did my water intake for the day. Water Think of it. Literally, it's next to me all the time. Like my nieces are always like, why do you always carry that thing? It's because it is living water reminder of how close I need to be to him at every given time. It is as close as the breath. So I literally use it as a tangible experience. Yes. And so I'm curious, like what other personal development, quote unquote, hacks have you like devalued and really seen that it's it's literally premised in the word? Well, I think a lot of the mindset stuff we hear about is very much Romans. I think it's 12 too. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, that mindset work that's renewing your mind. And we talk about that in my confidence course, and we actually take a real neuroscience approach to it. And I just love seeing how science fully backs the Bible. We create neural pathways in our mind based on our thoughts. If we keep thinking the same thought over and over again, we are setting ourselves up in a default setting to naturally go to that thought. And our brain will push away evidence contrary to that thought, self-fulfilling prophecy. So we have to train ourselves. We have to create literal new neural pathways. And the beautiful thing is our minds are plastic. We can do it. We just have to put into the work. We just have to start saying the affirmations and the truth. And we have to put it into practice. Um, We have to fuel our body well. And I know that, you know, there's, and I'm not talking about diet culture. I'm not talking about diet. But when the body is sick, the spirit is sick. The mind is sick. 
What are we putting in our mouths? Is it fueling us to be who God created us to be? I'm not talking about a number on the scale or the size of your pants. I'm talking about what choices are you putting in and why are you going there? Have you replaced the fridge or Netflix or that bottle of wine as your comfort rather than going to the comforter? And that is something I've really had to to work through. And also watching what we watch. Do you remember that little that song when we were kids? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. I went through a period where my like chilling out and unplugging was watching all the reality TVs. And there's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with reality TV, but for me, God was saying to me, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I don't want to you know for me <laughs> that what is this serving you? It was creating in me discontent, comparison. It was robbing myself of time that I could have been exercising or I could have been out for walks or I could have been playing games with my family. It was a way for me to numb out of what I was feeling rather than working through what I was feeling to bring purpose and life to it. And so God said, you got to cut that out. Now it's been like three years since I've seen reality TV and my life is so much better for it. So what are we consuming? What are you consuming on social media? I regularly do an audit. How did I feel this week on social media? If I didn't feel good, what accounts are showing up in my feed? Who do I need to unfollow? Right? Like, it's not because they're not good people, but something about what they're putting out is not serving me. Yeah, I think the conversation of fuel is like massive, right? Yeah. And and people think that their um, fuel is coming from the things like social media or thing. I love that flavor, by the way. She just had a cherry bubbly. It's so good. It tastes like cherry soda, but it's not cherry soda. It's good for you. It's water. Um, but it's it's this knowing that they're fueling themselves and they're not realizing like actually the pool. Like it's a detraction from, not an added to. Yeah. And so I love that you are are literally giving practical advice here. If you guys didn't take note of that. If you are scrolling and something makes you feel anything other than poured into, meaning it's scripture, it's positive affirmations, it is of good nature. It is not a girl dancing with nothing on or like it's, there's so much negativity that's happening. My husband has a practice that immediately if one twinge of a post, it could be somebody that he's in close community with. If one twinge of a post, whether it's the words or the image doesn't serve him, he blocks them. Yep. He, he just, he's so strong about it. He's yeah. like, why would I do that to myself? I yeah. too gave up reality TV. Um, I literally, I literally never really watched TV at all. Well, I was on a plane last night and I was like, this is the longest I've seen TV in so long. This is yeah. so weird. Um, but it's the knowing that there are so many other options. And, and it sounds like we went on a very similar purging journey. Um, not just in the mind, but also in the body and then also in the physical flesh of in our eyes, our ears, our mouth. All of those things have way more power than people give them credit for. Yeah. And that understanding that there is spiritual obesity, there is mental obesity, there is physical obesity. You can be out of alignment in so many different ways. And no one is better or worse, just like no sin is better or worse. No label is better or worse. No success pattern is better or worse. We are all imperfectly, gracefully broken, right? 
but it's the knowing that the way we pursue to be more like Jesus is our choice. And it's that every day, like you said, it's the everyday practice thereafter. You have called people who are listening, by the way, into water challenges, now (laughs) affirmation challenges. You guys, this is so fun. We're so grateful to have active listeners on right now. I am so curious as we're drawing into a close here, Carla, what are some other pressing areas that you would love to share with, with our audience? Oh, well, I would just love to invite them to do an affirmation challenge. I would love to invite them to get into the word. Um, If they want to follow me on Instagram and DM me, I have free resources to send them. I have a wonderful Bible study on Rahab that really looks at her life and what we could draw on our identity from her. Um, I just really want to encourage women that their past does not lay claim on them. Jesus has claimed you by his blood. You are his. And I just want women to be so encouraged and empowered and understand Jesus will meet you where you're at, but he's asking you to partner with him. He's not going to drag you. You have to actually take that step forward. You have to actually work in partnership with the Holy Spirit to bring transformation about in your life because he's a God of relationship. He's not a God of dictatorship. Um, And he's inviting you into that relationship with him. And so I just want to encourage women to grab hold of that, to find me on Instagram, to reach out, become part of my community, and hopefully not be an account that you have to block because you'll be encouraged by it. (laughs) I love that. Carla, you are a gift, girlfriend. It was such a treasure to spend time with you today. Um, I feel blessed by the time. I know the listeners who are on here now and even after are going to just have a sense of peace that they didn't come to this conversation with and now they get to leave with. And so I am honored to know you, um, to stand next to you confidently and to pursue the things that God has for our lives in tandem. And I think that is the ultimate representation of the church, right? It's not in competition. It's in family, not just community. It's actually in in true family um, and being able to support one another. And so I'm here if you need anything and you've got listeners who want to know more from you. So you guys got to go follow her and learn and and get involved. There you go. Arges, like charges. I had to learn that at the beginning. Carla Arges, you guys, we are grateful to have you, Carla, and we can't wait to hear from you again. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Bye, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you, something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time.
Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.